For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Hotline, Hurricanes.com reporter Walt Ruff. Walt, we bring you on because we want to talk to you about Griffin Mendel. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Although, you know, when you drop a little nugget like that on day three of free agency, it's kind of hard not to notice the Canes have signed blank because if you look at it on a small screen like an iPad or a, or a smartphone or whatever it is, you're like, oh, did they just sign somebody cool? And then you're like, hey, Griffin Mendel. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, that's part of the intrigue, right? That's why for all my folks that have push notifications on, you always got to start with the first couple of words. You got to lure them in, get them to open it up or click, and then uh, then you know, well, maybe sometimes it's exciting, maybe not, right? That's all part of the allure. Well, Walt, we open up here with uh, the 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 obvious the renewals of Auntie Ranta, Freddie Anderson, Jesper Faust, who are coming back. But I think everyone's really curious about the new guys that are coming in. And again, I, I joke about Mendel, but there's there's got to be a reasoning why he's being signed at essentially league minimum. But let's start with Orloff, uh, who will wear number seven this season, as announced by uh, by the team here in the last half an hour. Orloff, everyone has said all the right things about this guy. Uh, I had him rated very high when it came to free agency as a defenseman. Wasn't sure if it was going to be this kind of a pickup for the Carolina Hurricanes, but everyone's calling it nearly a perfect glove fit. Would you agree? Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that for sure. I mean, like you had said, many around the sport had him as the number one available uh, option for any free agent this summer. And anytime you can land a player of that caliber, it's obviously an exciting time for the organization. Um, he's somebody who's been a top pairing defenseman over the course of his career. He became a full-time defenseman during the 2015-16 season with Washington and um, spent a great deal of his time there and just really racked up a whole lot of accolades since then, since he's become a full-time NHLer. He's 11th in takeaways. He's 14th in even strength points. He gets it done during the three-on-three in overtime. So there's really a lot to be excited about when it comes to Dmitry Orlov. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com reporter, reporter joined us this afternoon on 999 The Fan. Walt, during Michael Button's media availability earlier today, one, you guys drew connects with each other. You guys kind of had a background, or you covering him during some time of his career. But he also had some connections to some players already here in Carolina. If you just wouldn't mind expanding on the relationship that he has with some of his new teammates already that he's going to be playing with this season. Yeah, he's got a got a good connection with Frederick Anderson because, of course, goaltender Frederick Anderson and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs forward Austin Matthews are very close friends, and um, that trio knows each other well just from being around one another and then dating back to his time in Arizona from where I was fortunate enough to get to know Michael. Uh, he knows Auntie Ranta. Uh, Auntie made one appearance in the American Hockey League during their time together down in Tucson, and then uh, played a couple games together up with the Coyotes. Um, as you referenced a moment ago there, I was able to be Michael's media guy, if you will, in Tucson from 2017 to 2020. What I love telling people most, I think people are going to love his story. Um, he's a guy who's had to work for everything that he's earned in his career, and that's not to say that others haven't, but he's not your prototypical draft 
play a year or two in the American League and become an NHLer. Um, he played six seasons in the minors with the Arizona Coyotes. He played over 300 games. Um, he was truthfully projected to be about a middle six forward, um, still kind of finding his way in the sport and where he would hang in the pro levels and uh, took a deal with his hometown club for basically veteran minimum two years ago to go to Toronto and uh, kind of in the blink of an eye, it felt like he was playing alongside Austin Matthews and now he's a 20 plus goal scorer. He is going to bring an element that uh, some Kane fans have been calling for over the last few seasons and a little bit of bite, a little bit of edge to his game. He's not going to be out there dropping the gloves left and right, but he just knows how to get under the skin of the opponent. Um, he's not afraid to go to the front of the net. He goes really hard into the corner. So um, obviously on a personal level, I love the pickup, but on a professional level, I think that he really does check a couple of boxes for this team at this time. Okay, Walt, so he checks the boxes, but this is this is where I'm going to come at you a little bit. He played on the top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I think you could be on that top line and be, and be <laughs> prolific as well. So I think he's going to have something to prove if he's not on a line, say, with Sebastian Ajo, Seth Jarvis, or whoever Rod decides to change things up. Definitely. I think it's a very fair question and assessment. Um, you are not incorrect in saying that those are two of the easier guys around the league to play with. So he certainly does have something to prove. And uh, he touched on that during his media availability this afternoon. And he said, listen, having something to prove is basically what got me to where I was in Toronto. Because after his time in Arizona, he felt like he had more offer. He just needed somewhere to showcase it. And um, he didn't wind up on that line with Matthews and Marner by chance. Of course, that's a very talented Toronto roster that, has a bunch of guys who could just slot it in at that role. So, uh, yes, it's very fair in saying that he does have something to prove here. So whether he winds up playing to the left of, I don't know, someone like Sebastian Ajo and Seth Jarvis, or if he finds himself a little bit further down the line, um, potentially playing alongside, let's just say, Jordan Stahl and Jesper Foss for the sake of the moment. Um, but he's a worker. He's an absolute worker. He's going to be out there. He's one of those guys who, when he's on the ice, you'll see him giving 110%. And I say that because – you know, maybe he's not the smoothest skater in the world. Maybe he doesn't, um, you know, he might not be in the conversation for the Selkie Trophy year in and year out. But when he's out there, he's going to be doing his best to give it all that he's got. And I think that that's something that knowing this fan base and how they appreciate guys who just go out there and go hard, um, especially in the combination of playing with Rod Brindamore, too. We know he loves those things. Um, I think he's going to be a really, really good fit here. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com reporter, joining us this afternoon on The Fan. Speaking of the fan base, Walt, well, a lot of times you might hear fans say the Hurricanes need a more physical player. They need a more aggressive player. Well, I feel like you're getting that out of these two guys, but who do you think is going to bring the physicality more to the team as far as maybe stand up to the opposition or forechecking another guy? Who, who's going to bring the physicality between Orloff and Bunton, you think? That's tough. That's a really good question. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer between the two. I think Orlov's physicality comes along the lines of guys trying to get into the zone. And um, just some of my mental memories with him is, you know, you come across the Hurricanes blue line uh, and you've got your head down, you're going to be in trouble because Dmitry Orlov knows how to lower his shoulder well. He's delivered some thunderous hits over the years. And then in a little bit of a different way, Michael Bunting brings the element of, you know, okay, you just laid a hit on our star player. I'm going to come over and say something to you about it. And again, he might not be out there dropping the gloves and trying to throw haymakers left and right, but what he's going to do is he's going to come over and try and get under your skin and see if he can draw another penalty there to whether it be even it up or send it to a potential power play situation. 
Um, that's the role that he's going to bring. And just kind of hanging out and around in front of the crease area, we know that sometimes goaltenders don't like that, defensemen don't like that. He's never afraid to have his skates in or near the paint. Um, so just a guy who's he's an agitator. He's really difficult to play against. So I think both guys certainly add to that realm with the Hurricanes' current lineup. So what you're telling me, Walt, is that we might see Orlov get retribution for Andrei Svechnikov from the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2019 against his former teammate, Alex Ovechkin, when Ovechkin knocked, off Svechnikov, knocked out Svechnikov in Game 3 of that opening round. Is, is that what we're going to see? Well, I think that that might be a little bit of a reach given how tight Dmitry Orlov and Alexander Ovechkin are. But if there are other players around the league that – uh, have exceptions. I don't think that Dmitry Orlov would be too shy to back down from them. Yeah, I don't want this to be a, a Paul Walker, uh, a Vin Diesel kind of thing in Fast Five where he That's let fair. off at the line. I'm like, you know, Orlov had just better lay Ovechkin out at this point. Uh, Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com reporter, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Hotline. Walt, before we let you go, uh, Don Waddell mentioned that there is still a deal in principle for Tony D'Angelo as we see Canes players come and go. How realistic is that deal at this point with, now with the signing of Orloff? You're committing an awful lot of money to defense on a team that is really paying a lot on, the, on, that, uh, on that side of the puck, so to speak. Yeah, I will be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised to hear Don be as clear as he was when he was asked about that transaction on Saturday, or should I say the pending transaction. Um, he said outright, we have a deal agreed to in principle with Philadelphia. So uh, I think it's pretty likely that this time next week, uh, Tony D'Angelo could be a Carolina hurricane. Of course, the deal cannot be processed until after July 9th. The July 9th of last year was when Tony was traded from Carolina to Philadelphia. Um, of course, part of the rumored package deal is that Philadelphia will be retaining 50% of Tony's contract. And that's what makes the current holdup for the situation. But, yeah, it sounds pretty likely that that's going to transpire potentially as soon as next Monday. But it's a great question because that gives Carolina seven legitimate options on the blue line. And then I know rumors are rumors, but there's some significant discussions about Eric Carlson as well. Um, so that leaves me excited about what is left to come for the Carolina Hurricanes. You've already landed – the top available free agent bolstering the blue line. You've got a guy who scored 20 goals in both of the last two seasons. And now it looks like they're only working on making an already top NHL blue line stronger. Um, I would be curious to see if maybe one of those options, whether it be the seven or eight names back there, if one of them gets flipped for a scoring forward, um, you would just have to think that that's a possibility based on the fact that you don't need eight every night defensemen. Um, so again, that, you know, it leaves me eager to see what could be coming next because it shows to me that the team is happy with where they're at, but they're not satisfied and feeling like they've completed their roster just yet. Well, I know your office is just down the hall from Don. So, um, what I suggest is grab one of those little glasses, you know, like a cup or a shot glass and just put your ear up to the wall and then just <laughs> let us know when something's going down. Okay. I can do that for you, fellas. All right. Well, appreciate you, man. Thanks for catching up. Thanks, guys. Always good to chat. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement and also make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away, no cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. 
again, I'm not joking. He's just right down the hall uh, from Don Waddell. And, and Don talking about that deal that's still in play for Tony D'Angelo. I'm, I'm wondering how many gentlemanly handshake agreements are still in play when it comes to the NHL and GMs and things like that. Obviously, there's a lot of friendly things that get done because of how the salary cap works and how this league works. And Graham, to be honest, I wasn't completely sold on the idea of talking about uh, the NHL year-round. But this is where we are as a sport now. The NHL has the longest, I love it. the longest season in the history of the Big Four right now. Like it's it's nearly 250 days when yeah. you talk about dropping puck in training camp and then finishing the Stanley Cup. And as soon as we got out of the Cup, we rolled right into the draft, into the postseason awards, and now we're talking about free agency and again a trade that could happen essentially in the next within the next week at the end of at the end of seven days here when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes and the Philadelphia Flyers. But I'm not crazy about handshake deals that get done when you know you could still be making moves unless something else has been promised. Yeah, it's kind of strange that you see this happening right now. We had to wait a whole week for it to just get confirmed that Tony D'Angelo is coming back. But again, that's on the Flyers deal that they made with him. I don't know the full details, so I'm not going to try to make it sound like I know something that I don't. I, I do see what you're saying, though. It seems like it is interesting that this is still left up in the air. You know, things could change. Right now, you're just... You know, it's just good morale that you're going off of, of, hey, you know, we can't give you him until Sunday, July 9th, but until then, he's a very light deal. And Don Wondell actually, like Walt said, talked about Tony D'Angelo's deal still being a principal between the Hurricanes and the Philadelphia Flyers. Us in Philly uh, have a deal in principle. It just can't be executed until a certain date. Um, you know, we're not sure yet. You know, it's... If you continue, if you add, as you add good pieces, you know, you always say, how are you going to make it fit? But, um, you know, we got a lot uh, going on this year with contracts and other things, potential other uh, opportunities maybe for trade still. So yeah, the good thing is it's July 1st. It's not uh, opening night, October, whatever, 10th or 11th. So we, we got some time to figure this out. And again, when you get presented with good players, it's, it's something that I feel you have to do. So he's right. Don's right. And to explain some of the rules for those of you just getting into this and talking hockey and like, oh, man, I just got here. I don't understand what's going on in NHL free agency. We have a hard cap. They have to play below the hard cap. However, they could have $180 million on the payroll right now. They can have as much as they want right now until opening night. Opening night is when they have to be at the cap or under. They don't have a choice. That, that's just where it has to be. Then they have to play with, like, five defensemen. Guys go on long-term IR. There's a bunch of ways to get around it. No more moves. You can, Yeah. At that point, you have to be under the cap. But right now, you can do all the deals you want. Like, you can you can trade for anybody you want. You can you can slide anything you want. I've seen this play out in, in Las Vegas. Last couple seasons, they took big swings on Alex Petrangelo and Mark Stone uh, and managed to get under the cap by the time the season started. But when you play that game... You play with fire because if, at some point, if you're too hard, if you're too far above that hard cap, you have to give up players you do not want to give up to get under that cap unless they get hurt, magic, magically get hurt or whatever it is, and you get a little bit of time to figure it out. Otherwise, you're playing with a bunch of guys at the, at the bare minimum of the NHL paycheck, and that's a, it is. It's a very dangerous game to play. So unless you've got your chess pieces in all the right places, your puzzle pieces or wherever it is, moves like... I mean, but D'Angelo, they can get done because they still have cap space. But if they're talking about Eric Carlson and you could hear it with Don talking about, well, we may have some trades 
we may have a few things going on. I'm not trying to make fun of Don, but that's what he. I mean, that's what it is. He's yeah. there's st- he's still working. It's very clear the gears are turning with him. There's not enough space right now for Eric Carlson. Like it will take some hockey trades. It will take a third, maybe a fourth team to get something like that done. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. When it comes to getting a guy like D'Angelo, and if they were to get Colson, what are going to be the ramifications of getting two guys like that as far as how does it affect current players on the roster right now? When you think about some guys whose contracts are coming up or are set to uh, be up after this upcoming season. No, D'Angelo is at two and a half. If, if the rumors are true and, they, and the Flyers take half of that salary, they have space. They'll have some space. The question is, if they want to do a deal for Carlson, how much money are the Sharks going to take back, or are they going to hold back? Because at 11-5, 11-5 for a quality defenseman, again, an offensive-minded defenseman who does it all on both ends, it's still a lot of cash. There's tw- There are 20 players maybe making north of $10 million right now in the NHL. Sebastian Ajo could be one of them come very soon. But it is a lot of money. And most teams do not have that cap space to get to the floor. I'm like, and he's not going to the Arizona Coyotes. Trust me, he's not yeah. going there. He's not going to Buffalo. I would hope he, so. He wants to play for a chip. And the only way to do that is to go to a contender. And there aren't many contenders with the cash base. So how do you have to do it? You have to do it with players. I watched the Vegas Golden Knights do this three seasons ago when they traded for Alex Petrangelo in the offseason. Where, and they signed him to like an eight-plus million-dollar deal. And everyone's like, wait a second, Alex Petrangelo. And they're like, how do you deny a guy that plays that well with that kind of skill level? And guess what? They won their first cup in the first six years. It paid off for them. But in the meantime, in the middle of all that, they let go of a lot of talent. A lot of guys had to get moved out. I mean, Paul Stasny got moved out yeah. because of that. Uh, Nate Schmidt. A defenseman who was basically the 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 golden retriever of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Like he was, he was like the puppy dog. Everybody loved him. Fans loved him. He was that kind of guy. That's the kind of guy that you have to let go to bring in a star like an Eric Carlson. You are going to have to let go of one of your golden retrievers, Canes fans. You will not be happy about it, but it will happen. So that's my that's my next question. I was going to ask you. Obviously, when Tony D'Angelo it first got announced that he was coming to the Hurricanes organization. There were some mixed feelings amongst the fan base, given D'Angelo's past. I'm not going to dive into it, but if D'Angelo were to come back, and like you said, the Hurricanes might have to give up one of their golden retriever players that the fans love so much, how do you think the fan base would react to that? Is it just kind of suck it up, buttercup? Or? They'll have to suck it up because the NHL is a business. The NHL is a business. I'm sorry. Lean into it, folks. The NHL is a business. You can have all the autographs you want. You can hold all the signs up at PNC Center. Uh, Twizzlers for a puck. Throw me your puck. Or It's my first game. It's so great. It's fantastic. You love the team because you love the team. And you love your favorite players. Listen, if Seth Jarvis got walked out of town, would there be people yelling to, you know, people would be buying billboards at that point. <laughs> if Seth Jarvis, But it's a part of doing business in the NHL. To get something, you have to give something up. Are you going to hate it? Yes. Does it sting? Yes. But you're going to have to rip off the Band-Aid at some point. If you want a championship contender and you want to run it back to 2006 and watch Rod kiss the cup, again, as a coach, something will have to give. And to get talent, you have to give up talent. And to get a Carlson, you're going to have to give up your golden retrievers. And nobody wants to let go of their favorite dog. Sure. They don't. That is the worst thing possible. We have been talking hockey nonstop here for about 50 minutes. 
And I think people are like, oh, my goodness, are they going to get to the NBA? Is this the Cade's Corner podcast I'm listening to? Because we promised a little bit of NBA. So I do want to give a little NBA up here. The Hornets locked down uh, LaMelo Ball. He's going to sign a big deal. He's going to sign the 260, the rookie max extension, essentially. He's going to get five years 260. But they also gave a qualifying offer to Miles Bridges, who's going to have to sit because of the domestic violence plea agreement. He pled no contest to that. But they have to prepare. The Hornets are going to have to prepare to to give up Bridges. Like, Bridges is going to walk. He wants to go get money. Now, the question is, a guy who pleads no contest, and no contest plea, for those of you who are in the legal field, no contest means I'm not admitting guilt, but there is enough evidence to say, yes, I did something bad. I pled no contest once to running a red light. Okay? That's different from domestic violence. I'm not equating the two. Don't start storing down here with pics. I'm not equating domestic violence and running a red light. They are one and not the same. Okay? But Bridges signed a qualifying offer, or will sign a qualifying offer, and essentially they're paving the way for him to go. So how does that get involved in the larger thing that is happening within the NBA, which is Dame Lillard asking late on Friday, I want out of Portland. And he only wants to go to Miami, folks. And this is where loyalty can pay a price in sports. You love a guy, you love the player, you love what they do for your organization, you try your hardest, your damnedest to make sure that you do what's right for them. But eventually, it just doesn't work out. The time runs out. The clock runs out. And Dame Lillard says, I want to go, but I want to go to Miami. I'm like, do you take back the spare parts that the Miami Heat can offer you? Or do you rope in a Charlotte Hornets team with some bigger contracts? Ooh. But do you take, are you okay with the Trailblazers taking back, say, a Gordon Hayward and a Miles Bridges to get Lillard to Miami, and then you're going to end up with like a first-rounder in 29, Tyler Hero, who scrubbed his uh, Twitter, by the way, of saying he's a Miami Heat guard. He thinks he's gone. Do Are you okay playing that role? Again, this is the business and the economics of the NBA that doesn't sit well with a lot of fans because you get kind of sucked into this. But the loyalty that the Trailblazers gave to, my, gave to Dame Lillard is biting them in the butt right now. Yeah, because they may end up with spare of spare parts. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate for the Trailblazers organization, just because they're gonna they're gonna lose one of their star players. And you think about all the terrific moments that Dame Lillard had with that organization, all the famous game winning shots. I think there's a lot of fans out there that, if they're smart enough, they feel like yeah, Lillard deserves to go and win a NBA championship. He's proven his loyalty. He's come out and said that he wants to bring a championship to that organization, to the city of Portland. But at some point, you just got to read the writing on the wall. If it's not there, if it's not there. The Blazers screwed up. They screwed up by not trading him at his, at his, at his true value. They, they absolutely screwed up. But do they owe Dame Lillard? I mean, does a team owe Dame Lillard? If I'm the Canes, do I owe? Do I owe Jordan Stahl to play the first line? Should you be in the top line? Jordan Stahl be on the top line? No. But I'm loyal to him. Yeah. Do I like having Jordan Stahl? Yes. I love having him in the uniform. But does he deserve to be on the top line? No, he doesn't. He understands that. Does Dame Lillard deserve to be traded to Miami? I'm not sure he deserves to be traded to Miami. This is the NBA now, the new NBA that we all have to get used to. Forcing trades, guys in power positions going, hey, I was loyal to you, so you make it right by me. And uh, I'm just not buying it. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.